At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members of FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 226. What's going on? Yeah, I, I forgot as I was saying it. I literally just said it before we counted down and started rolling here. <laughs> That's true. And I forgot it already. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how's it going, buddy? Oh, dude, we're getting nine days closer to Christmas or eight at this point. I, I've lost track exactly how close we are, but it's getting closer. My kids keep bombarding me every morning like, is it time yet? And you're like, no, <laughs> Almost. it's not. <laughs> and so now that the, the halls are getting hollier or the decks, I don't know, whatever Christmas song is just, I just want my gravy and I want this to be over, please. I, I know. It's almost there. You're a little over a week away, my friend. <laughs> oh, this is when it gets worse. Ah! What's going on with you? Mitch, I don't want to be dramatic and I'm someone who I, I never, ever speak in hyperbole. I'm a very serious person. The worst thing ever might have happened to me today. Oh, okay. So remember when I flew to Texas in October for yes. that concert? I flew 1,600 miles to see Parker McCollum and Flatland Calvary. Today okay. at Mulcahy's, which is eight miles up the road for me, Parker McCollum played a secret show mm. and told no one. <laughs> And I see Instagram ah. stories of Parker, McCall- Parker McCollum at the bar at Mulcahy's, and I am stunned, flabbergasted, upset, if you will, <laughs> because two months ago, I flew halfway across the country, and now he's <laughs> 10 minutes from my house, and uh, I had no idea, because it was a secret show put on by my country, which is the radio station on Long Island. And I, I wouldn't even think they would play this guy. I don't even know half of Long Island knows who this guy is. But yeah, that's where I'm at right now. A little upset. That's pretty frustrating, right? To have it right in your backyard and you went across the country to see him. Although good on you for going across the country to see him. I've seen a bunch of people like flying to go to concerts. That is never something that's come to mind. I've gone somewhere once to go to a concert and I went to New York City to watch the last The Explosion show. Okay. Uh, and it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. It was at the um, oh, the sewing factory, I think it was. Okay. I'm I think sure. it was in the meatpacking district. Um, I forget exactly where, where it was. But either way, it was absolutely balls off it was amazing they played like the same the same song like four times at the end of the show they just kept playing it until people stopped stage diving (laughs) love that 
That's awesome. It so. was so awesome. But like, good on you for going all the way to Texas. And sorry yeah. that your your boy didn't let you know that he was going to be in your backyard. Totally okay. These things these things happen. But we we live and we learn. And now we get to talk about the Islanders, who well are letting us down. So we'll start with Matt Barzal because uh, well he's on in COVID protocol, tested positive, so he'll be out for at least ten days. And I mean, this might be the worst part of it all. He's stuck in Detroit for the next 10 days. <laughs> What's that? Like, Detroit's not that bad, right? No, no, no. I'm kidding. I'm trying to lighten the mood <laughs> a little bit here. No, you're right, though. Like, it, it does suck to be away from home and quarantining in a hotel, right? Like, you're you're there in a hotel for 10 days. I know he doesn't. Well, I don't know that for a fact, but I, I assume he doesn't have family in Detroit that he can hang out with. And it's not like he could anyways, right? Because he's got COVID. What am I talking about? It's like, you can't just, like, show up to your aunt's house like, hey, can I stay for 10 days because I have no. COVID? No, no GTFO, buddy. No, yeah, he's probably, you know, at some hotel in Detroit. It's just... Not good. What is that even like? Can you get like delivery? I guess like uh, knock on the door, leave it yeah, there, and door- then I'll come by and get it. I guess DoorDash. They can. There's an option there where you could leave it at the door, but like at the hotel, but- I maybe I don't know. I think I'd have a room service. They, I, two years into this thing, they gotta have something figured out. I would imagine. That's right? true. And it's not like money's an option for him. He's a he's a multimillionaire, right? So. Yeah. So he he should be able to figure it out. But obviously. Hoping that he's feeling better soon and there's no lingering effects there because it's it's obviously a serious issue uh, as someone, you know, testing positive for COVID. But uh, also at the same time, it doesn't help the team when they're trying to turn it around and their star who was turning his season around test pot like it just comes at the worst possible time. Yeah, that that's the main thing, right? Like you got your star player out, and like I, the Islanders have a hard time scoring goals with him, um, like doing what he's doing. And I'm, and I'm trying to bring it up the numbers right now, um, but like, so consider the numbers he's putting up right now, and then take him out, and they're already having a hard time scoring goals. What the hell are they gonna do without him? Don't know. It didn't look good in their first game without him, Mitch. They they scored one goal, and it was when they pulled the goalie, and it was Anders Lee deflecting a puck because that's all you know. That's what Anders Lee does. But yeah, when when it seems like the Islanders were starting to finally figure out their offensive issues and their stud Barzal, you know, was figuring it out as we talked about last week. The offense goes as Matt Barzal goes, and now Matt Barzal is gone, and so is the offense. Yeah, so he had nine points in six games, one goal, eight assists. I'd like to see maybe a few more goals there, but it is what it is. Barzi's a pass-first guy. Uh, th- that's a pace. Obviously, it's only six games, but you, you pace that out over a year. That's a 123-point season he's, he's, he's doing in, in that small microcosm here. And then you take him away. What the hell are the Islanders going to do? And you're right. They darn done didn't do much in Detroit. That was a lot of Ds there. <laughs> um, they didn't do a lot. Right, they got the one goal in garbage time when they pulled the goalie, um, and it just wasn't enough. Like throughout the game, there was just no one that was opening the lock to the Detroit Red Wings, and and I say that like tongue in cheek because they're they're usually not very good, at least recently, but they're a little bit better now. Yeah, uh, but they still shouldn't have that much of a hard time scoring against the Detroit Red Wings. 
But with Barzi out, they sure as hell do. Right, and that's a good point, too. Like, just looking at the team specifically that they're playing, the Detroit Red Wings, they, they've been better this year, and a big reason for that is because of their offense. Defensively, they are still – they're not a very good team defensively. So uh, it's, it's just frustrating. Yeah, like you say, defensively, they're not good. And I'm just trying to bring up the numbers here. They are the fourth worst, one, two, three, four, five, fifth worst defensively. They have allowed 97 goals this year. Only Seattle, Buffalo, Arizona, Montreal are worse in terms of goals against so far this season. Um, that's not good. The Islanders, one of the better teams in terms of you know goals against, but that doesn't help because they don't score any goal. <laughs> They're minus 21, the uh, Islanders. Uh, minus God. 21. And then Barzell's gone, right? Like, and for 10 days. So he's going to miss this game and probably, I believe it's another four. I'm just trying to bring up the schedule here. He's not back at least until the Buffalo game. That's on December 27th. So misses Buffalo, misses Vegas, misses Montreal, and then misses Washington. That's four that he's missing outside of the Detroit one. So he's missing five, five games. And, and like there's just they're down bad right now it, it, because you think okay you know they had a mini point streak sure it only had one win in there but you're trying to take any positive offense coming around and then it's like no you know COVID's gonna hit you on the head one more time and it's it's not just an Islanders issue league wide things are awful oh, yeah. right now it, it's it's bad bad and I don't know what the league is gonna do about it. Yeah, you're right. It, it's really bad, and it's it's getting worse by the day. It seems every team is affected. Multiple players, basically the entire Calgary Flames team is out. Um, Nashville's got a bunch of anyways. It, it's everywhere, and so it's, to bring it back to an Islanders perspective, like we gotta hope that it's just Barzal, right? Like it sucks yeah. that it is him, but like at this point, you hope that it stops there. Um, not having a game until tomorrow kind of helps, uh, but. I don't know, man. Like, and it's not like Boston's having a good time of it, right? No. Marsha and, and Belgeron are out. Right. It's it, it's going rampant around the league. They just played Detroit, and two guys tested positive today. Like, I I don't know. I I have no idea what the league's going to do. It seem it's just getting worse. You you I I. I know we're not here to talk about the league, but that is something that we need to talk about. Like, the Olympics aren't going to happen, right? Like that—that's no. just not going to happen. No, there, there's no way. I don't see how you could possibly let that happen. Like, I can't see the players. So they're seeing this now happening live within their own league, right? And sure, the the, the Olympics might have some sort of bubble. I haven't read up on it, but I assume the Chinese government is going to set up some sort of bubble for the athletes. Um, but still, you see this now, and like. Guys aren't all over the place, but you know they're they're free to roam. But it's still spreading everywhere. Now go to China, where you're going to be faced with some sort of like what twenty day holdover or quarantine, basically. If you get it, <laughs> they're not going to go for that. No, yeah, no. I'm 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 all set for being held in China for three weeks uh, in quarantine. I I don't I don't I get it. Like to be able to represent your country and play for your country is awesome, right? But if you're weighing the pros and cons, the scale is tipping heavily towards the cons right now. And I don't think it's even a question. No, I really don't. You're right. Like the 
the desire to represent your country at an Olympic event and they didn't they weren't able to last time, right? Mm-hmm. Um it is obviously something they want to do. We'd all earmarked this one as being the one for like it's gonna be the you know, them coming back. But with COVID and it's just not it's just not gonna happen. I, I can't see it happening. I, I really can't. They're gonna try, obviously. They're gonna try to find a way to do it. Chartered flights and whatnot, but um, the NHL isn't going to sink a bunch of money into this. They're just not going to. They made a promise to the players, though, uh, and that's part of CBA negotiations. So they've got to see it through and do their due diligence. But at a certain point, I don't expect the players to be like, yeah, let's go. I, I think they're just going to be like, I think we're good, guys. No, something would have to change dramatically in the next like month. And I don't know. I At this point, I, I think that's probably very unlikely. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Um, But to bring it back to the Islanders, we have to hope that it's just Barzal, that no one else tests positive. Um, So far, no one has, but they didn't practice today, so we wouldn't have really caught wind if someone did. Um, So we have to hope that that's the case, because we can't go through this again. I've said this before, and uh, I'm going to keep saying it for a while still. To me, the season isn't dead, mainly because I don't want to be faced with being upset at when they win and when they lose. But if you're at home saying, like, this season's done, they're toast, you're not wrong. They're 16 points out of a playoff spot as it stands now. Uh, They still have 58 games to play, but my God, that's a big hill to climb. And losing Barzal and maybe more, hopefully not more, if they did lose more, good luck. Like, that's just not going to happen. Yeah, it's literally everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong for this team. Whether it be, you know, the the 13 game road trip and we kind of expected it, um, but maybe not to that extent. The the losing streak, the COVID, the injuries, like it was just one thing on top of the next, on top of the next, on top of the next, where maybe it is going to be a lost season. And again, I I know there's so much time left. Like you said, there's nearly 60 games left on the year, so I don't want to have more than half the season and be like, okay, yeah, I'm just going through the motions here. So I'm not ready to call it at that point. But it's the odds are very much so stacked against the Islanders with everything. And it's like it just keeps piling up. It wasn't like one thing and then, okay, you know, they went through it and now you're going to move on. It's just, oh, when you think you're finally coming out of it. No, it's Matt Barzell testing positive for COVID. Yeah, right. It's just not good at all. And so, yeah, 16 points out of a playoff spot. They do have five games in hand on Detroit. So there's that. But even then, if they win all those five, that's still only 10 of the 16. He's not going to make up another six points. Um, Beating Detroit the other day would have done that or at least helped do that. They, they did not. So... Things don't look great right now. It, it might very well be a lost season, um, but uh, this sucks. It, it re- really does suck. And then you're right. Losing Matthew Barzal for 10, maybe more days really just sucks even more. Absolutely. So anything else on Barzal before we get into topic number two or we kind of just drained? I think we're drained on that. Yeah. It, like we said, it's it's a bummer. It's just another thing on the list right now. So transitioning into the second topic we wanted to you know dive into here in this episode. Um, when you look at the blame game or when the blame game is played by the Islanders, it very much so feels like the youth is getting a, a, a big brunt of this. And uh, well, why don't we break that down a little bit? Where do you want to start with this? I think we have to start with Bo, right? Yeah, absolutely. So Anthony Beauvillier sits down for... 
two games or was it just what that one just the one yeah because uh, barzell uh, obviously testing positive so he had to come back but he sits down for the one and he was benched in the game previous to that for a majority of the second period yeah like Bo has not been good. There's, there's no question about it. He hasn't been good offensively. No points in 13, if not 14 games now. Um, defensively, not as well. Uh, also not well. Just nothing is going well with Anthony Bovillia's game. Just nothing is working. He doesn't seem to be... Not, it's not that he's not motivated. I'm sure he is. But that motivation isn't being seen on the ice. Uh, and so benching him made sense. Scratching him made sense. It all made sense. It's just when you see that, you go like, all right, well, there there are other guys here that are doing not a whole lot that could probably also use a kick in the butt. And I understand you don't want to bench them all at the same time or scratch them all at the same time. But if they don't start doing something, where what are you what are you doing here? Like it's all great that you do it for Bo, but you can't say like we're gonna do it to you, but not you, Kyle. Not you, Josh. You're too precious to us. And even then the Josh thing, I'm not I'm not so keen on putting Josh up there. He's been, I know the last game wasn't good. It, it really was not good, uh, but he's been a, a little bit better than Kyle Palmieri has been, let's just say. Yeah, I would probably prefer to see Kyle scratched first. I'm not necessarily opposed to scratching Josh Bailey, but as you said, it can't all be at the same time. So they made the choice with Beauvillier first, which I get it. I think that makes the most sense. I, I don't think we'll either of us will dis- disagree with that. Uh, but with Beauvillier back, and maybe when Matt Barzal comes back, because I don't know if you want to do it now, but there may very well be an opportunity where Kyle Palmieri can sit up in the press box uh, for a game. And as you said, maybe that's a, a jump starter or a wake-up call. But I don't know what else you could possibly do with those two, Mitch. It's it's bad. And we know Josh Bailey's not a goal scorer, so it's going to be uh, you know more difficult to get on that. But Palmieri's been worse, man. Seven points in 24 games, one goal from Kyle Palmieri in 24 games. Come on. He's pointless in his last 10 games. The thing with Kyle Palmieri is that his underlying numbers are good. His expected goals for uh, percentage-wise is third on the team for forwards. Uh, His high danger chances for percentage-wise is sixth. And that's that counts Leo Komarov and Richard Ponick and Austin Zarnik in those three. So he's technically third for guys that you know aren't even here. Uh, so like that, that, those are good. Those are indicators that he's doing something. And don't take that as a justification justification for me to say he belongs there. Um, but that to me says Barry Trotz, or sorry, the reason he's not in the press box first. I look at these numbers and say Barry Trotz has access to these same ones, if not more detailed ones. And this this shouts like a, a guy who's doing something, right? Like Zach Parise. Zach Parise is right up there. He's not really producing a whole lot. Uh, but, you know, you look at the, the underlying numbers and say, okay, I understand why he's not being disciplined necessarily. But at a certain point, you, you can't just go like, well, your expected goals for are really good. You're paying this guy $5 million a year. He's got to perform like one or, or else some sort of punishment, no? Yeah, and that the difference between... Like someone like Palmieri and Parise is that Parise is making the veterans minimum and is asked to, in most cases, when COVID was a little bit of a different uh, role for him, but he was asked to be a third line depth player. So him not scoring isn't as big of a deal as Kyle Palmieri, who was supposed to play next to Matt Barzal and pop in 25 goals not scoring. That's a much bigger issue. Um, so I, I think 
that's really what it go- boils down to here. And it's not even like his ice time is going down. On average, in the, the 14 games leading up to his 10-game point streak, um, Kyle Palmieri is averaging 16.23 of total ice time a game. In the 10 games preceding that, he's averaging 16.54. So he's technically getting more ice time, but producing nothing. Yeah, I guess the only argument, and you can kind of say the same thing for someone like Bailey, who played the second most amount of ice time for any forward yesterday, is that Barry's just trying to give them the opportunities, hoping that they will figure it out on their own because they are veterans and have more experience. That's the only way that I could rationalize it in my head. Yeah, So, but when I look at this, you look at the ice time, he's usually about 18 minutes, but it's trending down recently. You got 18, 16, 17, and you're going down to 14 minutes and 25 seconds against the Detroit Red Wings total is what Kyle Palmieri received. And when you look at his shift chart, you can see in the, in the after he takes the penalty, right? He is ice time, the, the amount, the, the shifts he's taking, there's greater gaps in between them. So that means he's not going out for a regular shift as frequently as he used to which I suppose is some sort of veteran punishment for Barry Trotz. It is not the, you're going to sit down, I'm going to staple you to, you're going to ride pine for this period, but it's when your boys are out, you're not jumping over the boards either. Yeah. Which stings, but like, I have to think at a certain point, Kyle Palmieri is going like, I expect to get some sort of stapling to the, the, the bench at some point here. And then when it happens, he's kind of like, yeah, I deserve that. It, it just seems to like lessen the... Um, the impact of the decision. I see that point. I, I see where you're coming from on that, and and it makes sense from like a uh, like a logical standpoint where the reasoning behind it, and you know the rationale that each person or each party would you know go through in the decision. But I, I I don't know what else they could possibly do. But something something desperately has to change with those two in particular. That's part of the reason why they're struggling is because how bad the top six has been. Yeah, well, you're right. This team is built on getting the offense from everyone. We're going to have not one 40-goal score and maybe two or three, you know, 25, 30-goal scores. We're going to have five or six 20-goal scores. So that we're going to get goals from absolutely everywhere. But they're getting goals from absolutely nowhere now. And uh, that's why they're losing. Yeah, I mean, it, it pretty much feels like Anders Lee and that's it right now. It really does. Right, Anders Lee, Oliver Wallstrom, and then... <laughs> Nothing. It's scary, but I I don't know. But that's that's the thing. It feels like Anthony Beauvillier got you know the brunt of it. And then uh, you pointed out Kiefer Bellows only had one shift in the second period last night. Yeah, I don't. So someone brought it up to me during the game, and I I'm sorry if you're listening. I, I forgot, and I I don't have Twitter open right now uh, just to keep the RAM low on my computer. And you know, anyways, um, said like, hey, I haven't seen Kiefer Bellows. Is he injured? And I was like, well, no, he's, he's not. He should be on the bench. And sends me a screenshot. And sure enough, there's 13 guys on the bench plus the goalie. And then I went, all right, well, let's look at the shift chart then. See what happened. And then he takes one. He's got one shift in the second period. I, I had to look at the shift chart five or six times to be like, that's got to be a mistake. There has to be a mistake here. But then you see every other player at five, six, four. Then you're like, that's what the hell is going on? Sure enough, Kiefer Bellows takes one 55-second shift in the second period, which isn't a long one. That might sound a little long, but when you look at his line mates, it's about where, where they came on and came off. So it, it fits with the rest of his line. It wasn't just him being out there forever. So, and I don't get why. 
Yeah, I was gonna say nothing really stood out where it was like, oh, yep, that 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 mistake is gonna cost Kiefer Bellows. Like we have those moments, and usually in good fun, we tweet at each other like how, uh, over under Oliver Wallstrom five minutes of ice time tonight off like a bad turnover. But there was there was nothing like that, so that was a little bizarre. He had a good first period, and then on that shift, the, the I, I tweeted it out. The the one mistake I could see him doing is that the puck is being worked out from the Detroit end behind their net, and they're they're breaking out. And he peels away. He peels away maybe a little bit too quick. It, it looked weird when I saw it. You can justify it away and say, like, well, he probably should. So he's already got uh, a forward on. He's F2, F1 should go and pick up the, 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 the defenseman coming out. F2, go back to the neutral zone and pick the puck off, which he did. And he did. Like, he went to the neutral zone and got the puck out. Perfect. He set up Sezikis on the next play, right? Like, mm-hmm. he goes and retrieves the puck in the neutral zone, sets up Sezikis for a shot on net. That sounds pretty good. Never got off the bench until the third period. And so I don't really get it because he didn't do anything that contributed to a a goal against where you had two veterans who very much did in that game. Yeah, Zanino Chara being one of them and Kyle Palmieri taking a penalty. Exactly. So like they, they both did something that directly resulted in a goal against, whereas Kiefer Bellows did something you're like, hey, we told you not to do that. Okay, sure, teaching moment. You make me miss a shift or something like that. Not to see the ice again? Come on, man. Yeah, I'd, I don't know. Maybe it, it was r- really weird. And you need to win games. You need to win games. I, I like. There's got to be somewhere or something else to do. It just seems like you're saying that the youth is bearing the brunt here. And Trotz has said it, right? He's going, the, the leash is shorter on, on youth than it is veterans. At a certain point, you 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 gotta make it even ish. I I agree with that, and I, I get that. My I don't know. This is just playing devil's advocate, but maybe he's he's trying to spark him and rile him up for a big third. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for you. I'm trying to find you know an answer on the fly here, but maybe it just there isn't one. I think the big thing for us right now is that this isn't new, right? Like Barry Trotz has not only just said this is what he does, this is what we've seen for years now. Um, So I I don't think that it's fair for us to be like, oh my God, what? Because again, it's not new. It's just that it's getting old, I think. And I guess that's a good pun, but um, it's just seeing this year and year, year over year, it's just kind of getting old on all of us going like, we get it. You don't like the kids, but like, buddy, you gotta work with them at some point. Just benching them for an entire period. I, I get they're gonna get the message, but like, can you tone it down just a little bit and maybe do the same thing for for Z, who inexplicably cost you a goal. I don't know what the hell he was doing there. Why he needed to pinch in and throw it backhand in front of the net. I I, I don't understand what the point was that was. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not sure either. I don't. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. But like the vets get away with causing actual goals against, whereas and little to no repercussion at all. Whereas, you know the the youth are like, hey, you peeled away too early on a defensive coverage. Boom! Don't even don't even think about blinking, or else you're not even playing the third, buddy. <laughs> it's funny when you word it that way. <laughs> it it makes me think of my kids, right? I'm trying to teach them, you know, not to speak attitude or not to use attitude when they speak to me. <laughs> my my daughter full on attitude mode right now. Oh my god, it's it's a nightmare. Um, e- either way, and so we try to you know 
use positive reinforcement, but at a certain point it doesn't work. So you got to you got to take things away. You got to have consequences. And so we go big to kind of like send that message. But she gets it right away and it's done. It's it's over. Um, but we won't we will do the same thing to my son if he does the same thing and he's older. So like you you got to be fair because at a certain point the kids are going to go like I don't why this isn't fair. I'm not causing goals against I'm just, you know, not doing something you don't necessarily kind of like. This isn't uh, not um oh, I'm getting lost in my words. I want to say reciprocal, but it's not that word that I want to use. Uh I don't know. It's not like a balance. There it is. A balanced consequence. Okay. Yeah, that works. <sighs> I don't know. It's frustrating. That that's that's mm-hmm. kind of where I'm at. I'm just frustrated. I'm not mad anymore. I'm not sad. I'm just frustrated. Right, because then there's also like Oliver Walsh not getting a whole lot of ice time because while well, he's not using his teammates a whole lot, like okay, come on, man, like he is now and he was for a while. Like he's the only one you have any positive, and you're like, you're only gonna get nine minutes, bud. I think we see uh, an increase in ice time from Oliver Wallstrom because it seemed like Barry was recognizing that a little bit in the most recent post game. Yeah, well, he jumped up from like his last four games in terms of ice time. 16.58, no points. 12.38, two points. 10.15, two points. 9.49, two points. He kept putting up points and his ice time kept going down. Yeah. And then the most recent one in Detroit, no points. Um, 15.14 in terms of shots. Or sorry, 15.14 in terms of uh, time on ice. My God, I don't know why I said shots. But that's more reasonable. Again, I'm not asking for 20 minutes, but there's no reason why it shouldn't be in that 14 to 16 range. Like, I don't know, most of their forwards. Yeah. It's just like the, the justification seemed to be, well, I'm, yeah, I need to have it, or I need him to use his teammates more. And then you see like five assists pile up in three games, but the ice time keeps going down. Yeah. Don't know. Although apparently the, the, the ice time against New Jersey was corrected, according to him. I don't see it. It's not corrected on the official record. And so if it's not, I don't, that doesn't mean anything to me. He says he played 11 minutes and 30 seconds, but the official record says nine minutes and 49 seconds. Okay. Well, still, even 11 and a half is not enough. No, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> We're arguing over time and it's still not enough. Even the improved time, we would like another, I don't know, three minutes on there. That'd be nice. That would be nice. So uh, with that, shall we get into down on the farm now and see what's going around with the prospects? Yeah, I really just want to focus on the World Junior Championships, sure. even though, <laughs> well, as you all know, we don't have a representative at that tournament this year. Yes, unfortunately. So, um, Matthias Rayanemi is, so let's go with, with uh, team by team. Um, let's start with Team Finland, because we're going to have the most there. Uh, Rayanemi, not named to the team. When I spoke to their coach, he's not mean enough. Well, we've heard that. Um it's almost kind of unfair to be like, you're 6'4", you have to be mean. That's just not his thing. I'm not but, mean at all, and I'm 6'4". Exactly, right? So, anyways, he's not going. Even though they had, so there's a COVID scare, spoiler alert, uh, and certain players aren't going to the tournament for Team Finland. And so, we thought that Matthias Rayanemi, we, just anyone who's watching, who's named to Team Finland... Uh, we thought Ray and Amy would make uh, the list, and Auntie Pennant even said like he's one of the considerations. He did not still, so he ain't going no matter what. Uh, Etulukas, same thing, not going to the tournament. Um, they just couldn't find a role for him apparently, even though he's been playing with them in every in every tournament basically up until this one. He's been on the team, 
and now all of a sudden they can't find a spot for him. Yeah, that seems bizarre. Seems very strange. He's not like a top six guy. He would be a, a fourth liner kind of basically Cal Clutterbuck. Um, you know, he's got a good shot, skates well, uh, gets in people's faces, and isn't afraid to use the body. Uh, that that would be his role, and apparently they didn't want to use that. Strange. And then we have Aturatu, who will not be going to the tournament either, although they have mentioned that they're, once they get into uh, Edmonton, that would be today. They're, they're probably in Edmonton now. They're going to try to sort out if they can still bring him over. If he can get out of the COVID quarantine that he is currently in, can they not bring him over? The first game isn't until December 26th. That's nine days away. They've got time. Yeah. 11 days. Sorry, 11 days away. Yeah, so maybe they'll be able to, I mean, if he gets out of the what, protocol or quarantine that he's in now. It's a quarantine. Okay. So they have a six-day quarantine. The entire team has it. Okay. So, I mean, maybe he does. I would like to see him go there if feasible. Same. But it seems that he's not going, and they've they've started making plans for him not being able to come. It seems that the IHF and and... The Canadian government won't really allow it, although I don't really understand why not. As a Canadian, I don't really see the point. If he tests negative, then what the hell's the problem? Yeah, I don't know. Seems good, <laughs> right, seems so, good enough for me. But Yeah, so no representatives from Team Finland, although maybe there's a very slight chance that Aturatu could go, but probably not. Um, team Canada, William Zafool did not make the team out of camp. So he's going back to St. John to play with the Sea Dogs. Okay. Uh, it, it was always going to be an uphill battle for him to make the team. Always. Right. Like his his points are there. His, his production is there. But there's so many other top end talented players that it was going to be hard for him to stand out. Although when he did play with like Connor Bedal uh, or Bernard, sorry, uh, he was able to put up points. Like he put up a goal in that one game. So it seems that you put him with skill and he will produce, but he's not going to produce on his own, it seems. Yeah, and like you said, I feel like the talent level for that team, like you said, like uphill battle is the perfect way to describe it. He had a tough shot and unfortunately just didn't make it. Yeah, so not going to happen. Tristan Lennox also not on the team, didn't even make camp. Uh, they, they did invite him to a pre-camp earlier in the year, Um but they're they're set in terms of pipes, and there's there was no way he was going to see the net with Costa there. So it's just I was going to say you're, just, you're not surprised by that one, right? Not at all. Uh, it's not to say that Lennox isn't a good goalie. It's just there's so many good goalies in Canada that whatever. Yep. Um, Team Sweden. The only player that we had that could have gone is Alexander Ljungkrans, mm-hmm. and he is not going. I am not surprised in the least bit. Um, it's not to say that he doesn't deserve to go. It's that their coach. Whenever I spoke to him, constantly made like it's no guarantee. Even though he was there last year, there's no guarantee he'll come back. And if he does, it's going to be a bottom six role. But he hasn't really stood out, okay, either at the Brunus U20 level or or even for Vita Hassan. He started life hot for Vita Hassan, two goals in his first two games, but hasn't put up a point since. So it's just not going super well for him. And if, if you're not sure who he is, he's a third round pick for 2020. Um, but he is also not going or returning to the tournament this year. Mm, okay, that's not great. No. Uh, and then final, the, the Team Czech Republic, Thomas Mahu did not make the team. I didn't expect him to, but I know he's been playing for them at various levels, um, but he, he's, he's just not making the cut. He's not. He doesn't stand out enough just yet, so he's a seventh-round pick from last year, right-hand shot defenseman of the Czech Republic. 
Gotcha. Okay, so a little ways to go there as well. Yeah, so no representatives this year. We should have had one uh, being Aturatu at the very least, and that would have been a top-line center for Finland. He would have gone off, or the expectation was that he could have shown up, or and in terms of what, my God, what I mean by that is he could have put up points and, and really kind of uh, not taken over the tournament, but really showcased himself. But I don't think any Islanders fan should be that upset that he's not going to go outside of not being able to watch him. Okay. Why is, why is that? Just out of curiosity. I just He's already proven himself to be a really good player, right? We already know that he should not have fallen to 52nd overall. That's very much clear. So, like, what does he gain by going there? He doesn't have to showcase for a draft. The Islanders already know what he's got. He's already over a point per game against men. Sure enough, it would be really cool to see him dominate his age group, but he's doing it against 25, 30, 35 year olds, and he's circling them. So, like, he's already, it already seems like he's ready for the next level without this tournament. Uh, now, forgive me for not knowing the answer off the top of my head, but is he AHL eligible next year? Yes. Okay. So, do you think we see him there? Yes. All right. Well, perfect. Love that. Yeah, like he his contract's done. The age limit for the uh, AHL is nineteen, um, unless you're from the OH or sorry the CHL where you have to be twenty years old, um, but or turn twenty by December first, I believe, of that year. Something stupid like that. Yeah, I know the. That's what always confused me because I know there was different rules for the Canadian players, and I just I don't know the age thing just threw me off. That's all. Yeah drafted from a Canadian league, right? Like that's, yeah. that's the whole thing. Like that's why uh, Bodie wild could go early. Cause he was playing for Saginaw, which is in a Canadian league, even though it's an American team. Um, but he was drafted out of the college scene. So those rules don't apply. It was a whole thing, but yeah, I would expect him at the AHL level next year. Good. Okay. So that makes me happy. That's a good note to end off of. I think, I think so too. Like I, I don't, I think you could be sad that you don't get to see you at home. Um, but you will see him soon enough in North America. Love that. So with it, let's get to the quiz, Mitch. All right. As we do every week, I have a mystery New York Islander for you. You have five clues to guess who it is. They get progressively easier as we go. Matt usually gets them before the five, but sometimes I stump them. They're getting harder, these clues, Matt, because yes. I'm trying to stump you. Okay. Are you ready for this week's? Let's do it. All right. Clue number one. I was drafted in 2008. 2008, I'm going to say Matt Martin. Incorrect. Two, in the, at the AHL level, I represent one of the teams I played at at the AHL level were the Springfield Falcons. Springfield, Springfield Falcons. One of the teams he's played for okay. at the AHL level. Okay. I don't have a guess for that one. I'd like the next clue, please. Okay. Three, in my 12-year NHL career, I've only played 62 playoff games. Twelve-year NHL career, 62 playoff games, 2008 draft class. Okay, um, I'm still stumped. Let's keep it rolling. Four, my first goal of my NHL career was a beauty backhander. Beauty back. Remember, these are supposed to get easier. Am I clue number four? 
Yeah, you would think so. Um, oh, I have. It's the it's the okay. What you you got someone? I I have a guess, but I don't know what year he was drafted. So I I think this is wrong. But Jordan Eberle. It is correct. Oh, <laughs> let's go! I, I I talked myself in circles. <laughs> I do it every day on yeah. the post game. Oh yeah, no, his first goal, like he's going two on one on shorthanded against the Calgary Flames, and like toe drags around a flame, goes backhand over. I believe it's Kiprasov at the time, and the Probably. place goes nuts. Um. Anyways, clue number five. I was a Gary. <laughs> there we go. I would I would have got it by that. Okay. I don't know why I thought he was drafted in 2010 for some reason. No, 2008 draft class, same draft class as um. Josh Bailey. Yeah, there we go. Okay, that was a good one. Yeah, good job. And the, the only reason he comes up right now is just uh, World Juniors, whenever that comes around, I just think of his goal against Team Russia in like the last like seconds of the play or the game, really. Oh, epic, epic goal. Beautiful goal. And and the, his first of his career, and another beautiful one as well. <laughs> it was a really nice one. And of course, a backhander. On brand. So uh, <laughs> let's get to the social segment, Mitch. What do we got for us here? Uh, first one here comes from Neil Best saying, Breaking! Butchie is expected back for MSG Network's Isles coverage tomorrow night. Newsday has learned. So Butchie, as, and we, we, we heard it on the broadcast as well, but Butchie is indeed back. Let's go. Can't wait. I can't wait to have him back. Uh, I liked having AJ on. I think she does a really good job. Um, and I think, who else was it? Joe Micheletti, right? Joe Micheletti, yeah. He was on. Uh, he did a good job too, but I don't know. Butch and Brendan, it's just, it's magic. Yeah, I don't, just hearing Micheletti talk about the Islanders is just, it feels weird. It does. He, he like, he's a good broadcaster, but it just feels, yeah. it, it It felt strange. That's all. It Yeah, you hear his voice. And if you're not watching at that second, you're like, wait, do I have the Rangers game on or something? What the hell is going on here? Yeah, it was definitely strange. Uh, my first one comes from Blue Line Deli. We know them. Uh, and it says, first player up on the wall in blue line Islip is Matt Barzell. Grand opening this Saturday, free bagels, giveaways, amazing food. Come say hello. And I uh, just want to, one, give a shout out to Matt Barzell on the wall, which is awesome. And two, good luck with the opening of the new venture there. Love it. Love it. They got two stores now. They got one in the UBS arena. Like, Donald's doing one hell of a job there. Yes, well deserved. Absolutely. Uh, my next one here comes from Eric Vogel. It says, come on, Isles. And it's really more about the picture and then to talk about that afterwards. And it's Frank the Tank here. It says, we're going. And it takes off the streaking thing. It says, tanking. Oh, no. And uh, my, my first thought was like, is Brendan Davidson available? If we're really going all in tank, can we get Brendan Davidson? And I, I don't think so because I believe he's in a two-year contract. He's got a two-year commitment. Uh, and... Uh, Tank, that would just be too much. The tank god is not available, unfortunately. Oh, excuse me. No, he has a one-year commitment. Let's let's do it. How many Le- own goals was it? Like fifty-five? At least fifty-five. Every time he's out there, league minimum seven hundred fifty thousand um, dollars. He's currently playing at the AHL level for the Rochester Americans. Call him up, baby. Left-hand defenseman. Let's go. Love it. Um, my last one comes from Peter Schwartz. If you follow the Islanders, you should know who he is. He quote tweets the NHL Network. So NHL Network says the next Winter Classic should take place. Dot dot dot. And he says Belmont Park. And I, I mean, I agree. I think that would be awesome. But could you just imagine on 
you know, in the grandstands, you can fill up a hundred thousand people there. Uh, and just the big rink right in the middle of the racetrack. That'd be sick. It's perfect. I, I saw Regent Park and I was going like, mm, that seems weird. What, what's the link to Regent Park and like hockey? It's it's a basketball place, right? Regent Park. I don't know. Like it's it's not a hockey thing. So I was like, all right, that's weird. This seems a lot better. Yeah, it's a horse racing track, but like the Islanders barn is right. It's right there. It's this. It would be perfect. You're right. You can fit a hundred thousand people in there. Good job, Peter. I, I hope they do it. I, I really, I really hope they do. That'd be. It would be awesome because, like we said, it could fill a ton of people there. Islanders, Rangers. That'd be awesome. And you've got like the expressways right there. You've got the infrastructure to get people in and out. You've got the infrastructure to just not even welcome people, but not house them even. But you could do that once the hotel is up. Um, just you can have the whole village, right? The whole whole vibe thing. It it just makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, that'd be really cool. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Peter because that's a great call. Absolutely. Uh, my last one here comes from at NY Islanders. I don't know if you know who they are. Um, <laughs> this is that's why the Islanders fans are special. And it's a whole like minute, and a, sorry, three minute long video on why the Islanders fans are special after the Islanders finally get their first win on home ice. And it is one hell of a video. It is very well done. Love it. Going to have to go back and watch that one. I saw it, but I didn't click on the video uh, i scroll past it so hand up that's on me but i am going to watch it after this unbelievable no it, it is it is really well done it's fantastic goes through goal by goal basically just really hypes just you'd think that isles territory made it yeah really. and we know they do a great job with their hype videos so love it uh that's gonna do it for us on this episode before we go let's get some plugs in here so wherever you're listening to the show please make sure to subscribe give a rating and review that really helps us out a lot we appreciate all the love and support you could also follow along with us on social media at eyes on aisles fs on twitter my twitter is matt o'leary ny and mitch is over at tlo mitch facebook facebook.com slash eyes on aisles you can get us on patreon patreon.com slash eyes on aisles five bucks a month gets you a whole boatload of content post game uh podcast you have a mailbag show which we're about to record we have a discord channel there's a whole lot of fun stuff over there so definitely join and check it out if you haven't already uh and you can visit the website eyes on aisles.com to get all of our articles that's it right hit everything that is everything you darn done did it all right that's going to do it for us on this episode thank you so much for tuning in i'm matt o'leary he's mitch anderson and we will talk to you next time At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.